to the Cooler Women's Wellness Tribe, the podcast. Get comfortable, get your walking shoes on and let's get going. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Episode 47, I believe. I'm so excited to reach 50 episodes. I cannot believe it. Episode 50 is going to be, it's going to be good. I'm going to make some little changes. I already have them planned, but I'm waiting for that pinnacle episode. Cause for me, that is, you know, when I feel hit. So here we are coming up to it. I've already started to post my podcasts, my guest podcasts on YouTube. So feel free, go and have a look. My YouTube is Joanne Wealth. So yeah, just stepping it up a little bit in 2024, getting ready for episode 50. And thank you for everyone who's been here since day one, um, downloading every week. Thank you for all of the stars and the comments, the reviews. If you are listening and you haven't, then feel free. I would be much appreciated and I do read them all. So this week, is going to be the first of, I think, maybe three or four parts because it's a big topic. And this is kind of a revisit and something I talk about all of the time. And it's it's witchy. It's the witch wound. It's how we deal with the witch wound in modern life. Some of you might have Um, there's no religious connotations or anything with it. So I'm going to sort of debunk some of those as well today because that is one thing that people sort of, they don't want anything to do with it because they feel like it's anti something else when it really, really isn't. And at the moment in my own life, I'm sort of navigating through um, my own witchiness. So I'm, you know, I admit, yeah, I am a bit of a witch and not a bit of, I am. And I'm really stepping in witch. So that doesn't mean, you know, I'm trying to get a green face and put a pimple on my nose and that, that kind. It's more about accepting the world around me and how I can use nature to integrate into my own spiritual practice and I'm doing that as well through my use of oils and you know really recycling going out into nature a lot more than I was before because this connection that I love plants I love making my own lotions and potions and I always have done and I feel that I'm drawn more to that and maybe it's because the world it's kind of a weird place right now where you know, there's so much negativeness, negativeness, negativity <laughs> on the news. You know, there's all the talk about the climate change and World War Three and end of the world and all of these things. If we listen to them, you know, new COVID disease. Some things for humans that's quite dystopian. So maybe it's because this is happening in the human world that I'm being pulled more towards nature, having more of a dialogue with nature. But being able to understand where this actually comes from within me, and I really do, really do connect with 
the witch, the witchcraft, the witch world. So that's what I'm going to share today. So debunk a few myths. So in the previous podcast, I think it might have been my third, which please, I kind of dip a toe into this. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper um, into it today. And there's a really nice quote that I found, and I think this sums up, you know, modern day witches. So everything is within your power and your power is within you. And as someone or a woman who identifies with magic, that power can be our magic, that power. It might be the power of being a mother. It might be the power of being kind or caring. But wherever your power is, it is within us. At any time, we can, you know, step into this power. And another thing that really I resonate with is the fact that women have been persecuted throughout history, always, and still are now. So for women who don't make the rules that society lives by, they get shamed. If we don't fit into this mold, no matter what people try and say, you know, it's a woman's world and you've got equal rights, it's just taken on a new shape to fit these modern standards. And while it is supposedly more advanced, we are still shamed. We're still put into this box. And, you know, if we try to embrace our authenticity and power, if we try to be strong and independent, whether married, single, mother, childless, you know, we're still... And I think I've mentioned this before, that it was only... 50 years ago that women were allowed to open their own bank accounts and I think that was what late 70s so most of our parents were alive then our grandparents for sure so while modern society might be easier for women to live in we still face other persecutions not only from men but now also from women too we're taught that other women are However, we are slowly stepping back and reclaiming that. So have you ever, for example, come on your moon and felt that you could ask a random woman in public for a tampon or do a spot check, you know, can have I bled through this or had the confidence to do this, you know, having a smile on your face? That bond that you have with that woman of we, we do this together, know that's a really you know tiny example and you might be thinking no I wouldn't do that but that is where you need to be working on your witch wound because you should we should be able to have those conversations with women without having this fear I guess and the witch wound the witch wound sorry is it is intergenerational trauma it's been passed down from our ancestors who went through a lot and this their trauma in our DNA and some of the things that we may fear could be manifestations or are manifestations of this witch wound so for example the fear of being seen the fear of being who you truly are 
you might feel unsafe, you might shrink yourself, you might keep your authentic self hidden because it feels safer. And this is something that I'm also working on right now. I'm recognizing this witch wound and this inner witch People don't want to listen. Someone wants to listen to what I've got to say, and that is enough. And these, the victims of the witch wound, they're not just these crazy old women that (laughs) would have lived at the bottom of the village and did weird things. They were the midwives. They were the ones who felt connected. They were the wise women. They were the women that reached menopause. They were outspoken women. They were women with savings or women who had their own houses or maybe even widows. How being dictated to us and how we've become victims of this witch wound is how these people are labelled as different or other you know, that lady down the street's a little bit weird. She lives on her own, her husband died, and now she doesn't go anywhere. You know, we have these, not visions, that's the wrong word. We have these expectations of how women are meant to ask, act. And if they step out of that, then there's what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to dress, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to behave. Look at the diet industry, you know, and it's crimes against women who don't fit into certain clothes sizes. You know, men and women are actually shamed for this. You eat too much, you you don't eat enough, you're too muscly or you're not muscly enough. And especially, you know, a muscly woman, a woman who works out, they're, they're, you know, they're told they Uh, we then told that we look like a man which in turn means that women start to pit each other against each other so we put each other down and this is a form of manipulation from the patriarchy if women are putting each other down then there's not going to be a community they're not going to be there with each other there's no sisterhood so learning about the witch wound and giving it attention is the first step to healing our lineage our future the way that we live our lives and there are more and more women starting to step back up into this learning about their witch wound hence my podcast today my previous podcast and why my previous podcast got so many I think it's one of my most downloaded and one that people say I loved that one so let's let's get into it what is the witch wound and I have got another quote here that I've written down for their rights the whole concept of witchcraft came into play to hold down women and women's empowerment i just have a little think of that so it was something that was created to hold women down this witchcraft this this even the word witch which i'll which i'll I'll go to in a minute so yeah in 2024 women have made progress in fighting for our rights you know we've got laws however it doesn't mean that the whole history of women all over the world still doesn't play an important part in how we live now 
modern society, so the society that we live in today, was created by the combined powers of capitalism and the patriarchy. Systems that just benefit men. So... United States in 2022, because obviously it's a little bit different in the States as per the UK and particularly where I am now in the UAE. Women's reproductive rights and in turn their overall health and safety are being threatened by those who hold power. So it's our body and no matter what your thoughts are on certain things that we have a decision or we don't have a decision against, but we have to ask around and it's a struggle and it's a struggle that we're facing still today like that was 2022 I don't know you know I'm not going to go into all of that but you know it was only two years ago and that was in the United States so obviously it's different all over the world But the more that we start to bring in these laws and, you know, really pinning down how women can make decisions, we do have, we were at the risk many people, women especially, have a strong negative reaction to the word witch. Some people are like, no, it's evil, it's Satan, it's x y and z but it's not and you need to understand as well that a witch isn't just an old woman in a black pointy hat with a crooked nose and warts going on a broomstick stick with a cat okay again that's been something created by the media by movies by what's the movie i've forgotten it now the wizard of oz And we just kind of have that picture of a witch, don't we? They're seen as something negative, someone who's going to harm you, you know, evil. And this is just a stereotypical image, which that has its own history, but it doesn't show what a witch truly is. And in order to sort of overcome the witch wound and step into your witchiness, if that's something you're looking to do, or back we need to have a look at the history and what happened during during that time so the witch trials very very quickly there is a lot to this I'm still reading and learning about it it's very interesting uh some of the things blow my mind and I've wrote a few things down here as well that I'm just going to tap into so throughout history and again this still happens women have devalued treated as objects killed abused Careful what they say, if what they're saying doesn't benefit the patriarchy and possibly capitalism, they are, you know, they're shushed, they're put down. This doesn't even include all of the women who were born only to be killed or abused as children simply because being being born a girl was and still is in many places considered a crime. So the numbers I've got here. were killed in gruesome and torturous ways in Europe and North America during the witch trials 
like 13 million women. However, and I've put a big question mark next to this to remind me that a lot of people think it's higher because it doesn't include all the women vilified by cultures across the globe during their own witch trials. So that is just Europe and America. And women have played important roles throughout history. But as I've mentioned, they have isn't just about magic, but understanding a little bit about what that is and why the witch trials began does help you to understand, you know, what the witch wound is and how how we can overcome it. The witch trials, when I've been reading and researching, are also called the burning times. And I think that's quite self-explanatory what happened. These are dark times. And But then you had the threat of being accused of being a witch and it was the burning time. So I'm guessing you could <laughs> put two and two together there and work out what happened to these people. Um, you were labelled a witch if you were a herbalist, if you were a healer, if you were outspoken, independent, unmarried, held any type of power or influence in your community. Anything that made you stand out, basically. earn their own incomes were also at a higher risk of witchcraft allegations so you'd be accused first and then you'd obviously you know it would go to wherever the the witch court and someone would decide if you were a witch a lot of the time they would throw you in the river to see if you floated in a certain way and you know it's crazy crazy stuff around the time that the witch trials began the world was experiencing a little ice age and i only learned about this the other day And gave those in power the excuse they needed to privatise communal land for profit. So again, patriarchy, money coming in. This encouraged the growth of the patriarchy and capitalism and increased their influence on society. Sounds familiar. Additionally, people's views on magic and traditions like healing practices were also starting to shift from positive to negative. Again, sounds familiar. If you think or if you believe in anything other than how do we know we're told it doesn't work from the people who created the the medicines and the companies that are there to make them money very similar to the people who started to you know own the land and you couldn't grow your crops there someone somewhere is making money and if you start to believe in the opposite they don't make enough they don't make as much money Independent, powerful, intelligent women who had control over their own livelihoods and bodies were seen as threats. It is back then, and again, I'm not going to keep saying it, but just compare it to now and some of the systems that we have in place now. So the system then was used to use women as tools to replenish labour, increase its power, Women became nothing more than tools that could be used to further the ambitions of men in their lives. Some men were also accused of witchcraft when they became problematic. So what does that tell you? So it's a woman thing, unless you're a man who's... We see this pattern. 
Women who are married, interesting, especially those over 40, so unmarried, over 40, independent, they've got their own jobs, they've got their own livelihoods. They became angry. They started speaking up. So the little ice age gave those in power the excuse they needed needed to be privatise this land. And these other women started to speak up. And then what did they do? Witches. Accusing these women of being witches provided the perfect excuse for those in power who wanted to cover up inequality, the wealth gap, the disregard they had. And again, just think to how things work. Cover hand over face here. How things work now. If a woman speaks out, she faces name calling, you know, and I'm just thinking of the more recently, yes, they didn't do a great job. one the you know they're going through all those covid inquiries now but look at how people pick up on them they're emotional the scottish lady i can't remember her name nicola sturgeon she was crying the other day i just caught it on the news um and they picked up on that and to me that shows that she feels very strongly she's got these emotions that she was upset but the news used those emotions in a very negative way and i did actually think i wonder what they would say if Like, would it, would it be reported differently? So while the witch trials were being conducted, they, they were going on all over the world. And when I was learning, when I was researching for this podcast the other day, I read about a book that was written and it, I'm trying to get this right because it's spelt, it's Malicious, uh, Malicious, wait, Malleus Maleficarum. That's it. Malleus Maleficarum. for determining if a woman was a witch. So men were given this book and they followed these guidelines and each trial that the women went through as someone who was, you know, guilty of witchcraft, they they had to have this proof. And some of the things in this book were crazy. Like one example, I, I don't, I can't remember it word for word. I've you were meant to keep your women away from other women so they couldn't talk to each other it's literally just splitting women up but if you were caught gossiping you would get accused of being a witch it also talks about women having a short uh, sorry not a short tongue a sharp tongue again don't trust the women with a sharp tongue it says or something along those lines honestly it blew my mind that there is a book that says if your woman is doing this she is a witch You're tortured. Other gruesome methods were used to get women to confess to being a witch, but not the kind of witch, you know, she might have been a herbalist, a midwife, you know, a healer. Not the kind of witch that they were trying to say, the dark magic, you know, the things that they were making up that women shouldn't be doing. And the only reason innocent women confessed was so they could make the pain and fear and they would just, they would just say, 
And then this is how the witch wound came about because women were then having to protect themselves. So the witch wound turned into a survival mechanism that would keep you safe. It meant, though, you'd have to say goodbye to everything that made you unique. You'd have to give up your power to fit in this, this new mold. You would make sacrifices just to keep yourself safe. So th- sitting in the garden, talking to the birds, making my lotions and potions with the herbs, you know, making my own medicines, meditating in the morning, being unmarried. Like, you know, yes, I'm engaged now, but I'm still unmarried. You know, I'm not, I'm not a child. I'm a, I'm a woman. I have two dogs. They could be my familiars. I talk to my dogs. These little quirky things we would all have to say goodbye to. So we wonder why the witch wound is still so prevalent today. And incriminating others was better of course over the torture that you would endure so if you were told okay tell us who is the witch in your village you will be set free of course you're going to confess of course you're going to say it's mary it's elizabeth you know just picking some random old names there and this is where the witch wound started the competition the judgment the distrust of other women So is the witch wound still relevant in modern day society? Yes, I know I answered this at the start, but yes. While society is way more civilized than it used to be, it used to be a few centuries ago, it no longer burns women at the stake in a literal sense, but there's still violence against women. And I haven't wrote down the numbers here, but oh, I wish I could, I wish I had... killers two would be women the rest would be men and their victims are more likely to be women so even in that sense we're not as safe just think about yourself walking around in the evening and how scary that is and this again is that it's that fear it's being scared of what might happen if we go somewhere alone if we dare to speak out if we post the have you found yourself judging other women when you see them like oh my god what is she doing because she might be dressed like a stereotypical witch and remember it is just a stereotype so back then midwives would have been called witches when you when you've given birth if you're a mother does your mid did your midwife have a green face and a pointy hat I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe she did. That would be quite fun, actually, wouldn't it? We have so many dangers that our witch wound is trying to protect us from. And the more that we give in to this, the cycle just continues. And I believe, and this is why I'm stepping into this and really trying to work through my own witch wound, is that if we take back our power, by figuring out which fears and issues come from our ancestors. So yes, we're in a month 2024, but what fears come from our ancestors? 
quite pinpoint where you got that from. And for me, one that sticks out is I'm really claustrophobic. And I always thought when I've tried to sort of pinpoint the time, the one I can remember being a little girl and being stuck in my granddad's dog's doghouse. And I thought that was where my claustrophobia came from. But I was already panicking when I was in there. Or what happened to my ancestors that makes me feel claustrophobic, that makes me feel that I cannot have anything over my face. I can't be in a small room. I can't even sleep. If I sleep in a tent, I have to have a gap big enough that I know that I can get out of. Like... I've never been stuck in a tent. <laughs> when I'm on a plane, and obviously now I live abroad, I really have to have those words with myself because I'm really because of the claustrophobia, and I have to sort of make sure that I. For me, because I just feel trapped in. So that makes me reflect. Okay, what is that? Did something happen? Is that some kind of witch wound, some kind of torture? So I have a little bit of witch work for you now. So you can have a little reflection on what I've said. So find somewhere to go and sit comfortably. This will take 10 minutes and you can just replay the, this last bit of the podcast. And I want you to reflect. And use these answers to help you get a better understanding of if, of if you have a witch wound and how it's affecting you now. So number one, when you have confronted people throughout your life, how did you feel? Both emotionally and physically. Two, how did this experience affect you when you knew that the person would disagree or start an argument? Three, are space in your community do you hide number four how do you feel mentally and physically when you're the center of attention oh even reading that makes me feel so everyone experiences anxiety fear of rejection embarrassment in social situations that's normal so if you're thinking eh, but the fear created by the witch wound is one that's passed down so from our mothers and their 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 mothers Witch trials and you know other fa- other acts of genocide still affect women today. So just by recognizing and acknowledging your pain, you give yourself the opportunity to start your healing journey. That's it for today. Next time we're going to go through how the witch wound can affect you. So I'm going to touch on genetics, genetic trauma. spoken about epigenetics before but we're going to do it in relation to the witch wound let me know if you have any questions i know i've just given you a lot of information there if working on your witch wound your healing is something that you're doing right now reach out to me because so am i i'm learning i'm researching i'm looking at different types of witch what they did and how they lived and i'm really drawn to the green witch which is a witch 
that uses nature in nature really makes me feel at one and I feel that there's something within me that when I'm put indoors that not that I freak out obviously I need to be indoors at some point but I don't feel as comfortable I need a little bit of outsideness every single day so let me know and I will see you all in two weeks for part two next week I have another amazing guest I have a coach and she's talking about balancing their hormones, approaching perimenopause or already in menopause. So not one to miss. I will see you then. And that's it today, everybody. I hope you have a lovely week and I'll see you again next week. Don't forget, five stars, download, tell your friends. You're amazing.